Welcome, listener. This Welcome. Is, this is Lindsay. I'm Lacey. And this is a very special episode of Thrifter Sisters. Ooh. Thrifter Sisters! Do you remember... Um, the very special episodes of Growing Pains? Oh my god, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to fucking say. No way. I swear to you. I swear to Brittany. Well, were Carol's boyfriend Stacy dies? Oh my god. On the, this week, on a very special episode of Growing Pains, we're comedy, but we're going to be serious this week. Or like if they would, you know, any, I mean, I was specifically thinking of Growing Pains. But I swear. <laughs> they had them on Full House. They all did a very special episode to watch with the whole Right. Family. Like, um, uh, what was the uh, Michael J. Keaton one? What was that help? Uh, family Ties. Family Ties. Mm-hmm. Like um, Hogan Family. Like all of them. They would have a very special. It would be like they'd be talking about drinking or sex or, yeah. you know, death. Eating disorders. Or, yeah. It would be a very special episode. <laughs> well, we got a very, a very special episode. We got a very special episode to share with the listener. And we've been talking about this. I decided, I brought it up to Lacey a few weeks ago. Um, that I wanted to share this with y'all. And so I've been mentally preparing for this recording for two or three weeks now. And now that we're recording, I kind of actually feel sick. I feel like my hands are shaky and I feel like that. Yeah, I would imagine. Adrenaline. And we just got done recording um, an episode right before this. And I wasn't feeling that at all, I guess, because I was, you know, I was like really zoned in on like the topic of what we were doing. And especially when we went off on tangents, you were so zoned in. Dude, I was like zoned (laughs) in on those tangents. And zone, bro. (sighs) <sighs> okay. Um, so I'm going to share uh, just a big life update, a personal update from my life. And I'm sharing it for a couple reasons. Um, I'm not sharing this because I want you to be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. What can I do? That's, that is not the reason at all. Um, why are we sharing this? <laughs> <laughs> because it's relatable. Because it's relatable, because it's scary. Um, and I have found there are other people out there going through it that probably maybe don't want to talk about it and to hear somebody else going through it might help them feel more comfortable to talk about it or just a process. Yeah. And, and I've definitely found in my life, whenever I've gone through like some big, hard traumas, um, I have this immediate, which is so counter to everything else about me where I'm like, here I am, blah, I'm going to say everything about everything. I have this really strong which I think is a protective mechanism probably to just kind of withdraw and pull in and shut my face. And, but what I have found is when I share challenging things, it is like you said, very relatable and helpful to people who may be going through something similar, but um, also other challenges. It's because like what you see on Instagram is not even close to the full scope of people's lives. And I've been, I guess this has almost been two months now that we've been um, dealt this uh, different life opportunity. And you would not know it from any of the content that you've seen me. I've made two very minor references to something going on. Most of you probably didn't even catch it. Um, But I just thought, you know, we are best friends. And um, we, you should know. Well, you don't, you shouldn't, I mean, you don't have to know, but like, I, I thought I would share with you. And then, um, the other reason I wanted to share it with you is, um, a good friend of mine who is a neighbor, um, who went through something very similar in her life. 
And she was like, tell as many fucking people as you can because you are going to need support. You will need support for a long time. And if people don't know, they can't be there for you. Your community can't be in service to you if they don't know that you need help. Um, So when she said that to me, I'm like, that's so true. Like, I guess my reasoning for wanting, like, when this all first happened, I really retreated. And the biggest reason was um, everybody has been through trauma. Everybody's been through hard things. We've all, you know, we're all still dealing with the the mental after effects of COVID times. Um, But in addition to that, my family, meaning my immediate family, like we've dealt with some really, really hard things the past four years. Um, it has just been a, a season of repeated and prolonged trauma that just keeps coming. Um, it's been hard to regulate my nervous system for four years. It has just been one, like, if I even told you right now all the things you'd be like, you know, in those podcasts we listened to, I should have brought tissue in here. Yes, you should have. I can't believe you didn't. <clears throat> You know, in those podcasts you listen to where there's like a fraudster, some sort of scammer, and the way he hooks people in is like, like what an instance I'm thinking of specifically is like a guy who'll like hook in a woman and then like drain her bank accounts. But he uses like ridiculous stories, like over the top stories. And when you hear the podcast, you're like, how did she believe that all of that bad stuff, like he's preying on these women's nurturing instincts and telling them all these ridiculous, awful things that have happened to him, which are not true. Like, you know, just horrible thing after thing after thing. And you're like, there's no way that that's true. Why would anybody believe that? That's what my life has been for the past four years. Lacey has had to experience, I mean, she's been there through all of it with me, but some of that, like one being the death of our dad, that's one of the many things that I've, my family's had to go through. Um, You know, his wasn't even like, he didn't even get like a regular cancer death. Like it was, it was, um, we, we were there 20 years ago when our granddad died, we were at his bedside for one week solid until he passed. Like all 20 of us. Yeah. It was a, a really beautiful life memory and really hard and sad. And so when we were getting to the end with dad, I had experienced that before and I knew how hard it was. But then when we got to dad's death and how we compared it to our granddad's death, it was a million times fucking worse You're and harder. So fucked up. Like if I told you the things that happened, you'd be like, there's no way. That's a movie. That's a podcast. That's yeah, you, you've been living in a lifetime movie. I have been. And so when this last thing happened, I was like, I just can't, like, I can't burn in people anymore. Um, you know, Mariana, she's so sweet. She tells me all the time whenever she's like trying to like offer me support. She was like, you are not a burden. You're one of my life partners. I love you. I am here for you. What can I do? Um, so my neighbor is right. Like, I can't withdraw. I've got to share because this is going to be a challenge, an ongoing challenge for our family. And um, we need support. And so because you're my best friend and because that is true and because helping sharing your own hardships is helpful for people in their life, I made what was actually a difficult decision for me to share this with you guys. I thought beforehand, before we recorded this, I was like, all right, let's just plug through this. Let's just tell what's going on. And then um, I don't want to have to edit this episode. I just want to be able to like throw it out there and we're done. But no, I've had to stop multiple times. So I'm going to have to do a lot of editing and had to stop multiple <laughs> times. I've currently just got a million my nose. 
and now my ears are all clogged up and yeah. I can't hear. Um, at the beginning of July, um, you all saw this on Instagram. We were at the lake for the Fourth of July. The Tuesday after we got home for that, from that, my husband got diagnosed with testicular cancer. Um, which was a shock, and he is out of the age range where this is a common type of cancer. This is more of a young man's cancer. Um. So this is unusual because, of course, it is with the way her life has been the last four years. Um, He felt a lump a few days before we went to the lake. And it was just like, okay, well, I'm going to just pay attention to this. You know, this is not normal. And then while we were at the lake, um, I'm not going to get into the details, you know, for his privacy's sake. But things got unreal during that week while we were – those days we were at the lake. And it was like, okay. So while we were there, we called – a urologist. Um, it was the urologist who did his vasectomy and he got an appointment for the Tuesday after we got back. He went in that morning and they immediately were like, yep, something is real bad happening here. They immediately admitted him into the hospital for testing. And by that evening, he had a cancer diagnosis. The good news is testicular cancer is extremely survivable and has a really high cure rate. Um, the word cure is not a word we got to hear with our dad um, because by the time he was diagnosed, he was stage four. And when you have stage four prostate cancer, cure is never an option. It's just a matter of how long can you prolong your life at that point. Um, But even in stage four of testicular cancer, it is a very survivable and very curable cancer. And my husband is a stage one. But unfortunately, it is not quite as easy as just being a stage one cancer and we're done. So, like I said, that Tuesday after the 4th, he was diagnosed. The Monday after that, so six days later, seven days later, he had a um, a removal surgery of one of his testicles. Um, and then at that point, we were in this waiting game of we had to wait a little bit of time to do blood work again for the pathology on that surgical specimen to come back. And So far, the good news is all of the reports that have come back have been great. Like blood levels were back to normal. His blood, his um, the 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 hormone that they look for in testicular cancer before the surgery was ridiculously high, on the very very high end of what you would find, and then that came all the way back down to zero. Um, All the margins from the pathology report came back clear. Um, He's done CAT scans, ultrasounds. Everything looks good. So that is the good news. The challenging part, of course. So let's just pretend that that was the end of the story and they'd be like, okay, so you have two choices. You can either do um, um, surveillance and we can just survey this or you can do a cycle of chemo. And then with that cycle of chemo, it's one cycle. It's a a three-week course of treatment. You are 99% cured. You're done. You're done. All right, let's move on. Get on with our lives. But unfortunately, that is not the case for him. Um, he has a lesion on the other side. And the challenge with that is they have no way of knowing if that side is cancer or not. So we are um, a little bit past a month since the removal surgery. And what we have to do, it, I'm not going to get, like, it's it's really hard to explain, like, why we can't just go ahead and do that cycle of chemo now. That wouldn't treat if that was the a lesion. They don't want to do a removal until they know for sure. They don't biopsy these. I don't know why. It's um, 
it's a, okay, that's cancer, we remove it, or it's not cancer and we just continue to monitor it. So that is the stage we're in right now. What sucks is his window of doing chemo has closed. Well, it hasn't yet, but we're, it, he's a few weeks away for being able to do one cycle of chemo to treat that removal of the first side. And then you're done and you're moved on with your life. Um, he has one month and most likely he will not be getting chemo um, because of this lesion on the other side. It just, it, it's like I said, it would take forever to explain. It's, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is he's choosing at this point not to do chemo because of this other lesion. Um, he did go in for a scan yesterday and he got the results back from that scan and there was no movement on that lesion from the scan yesterday. So that's great news. We already do know that. Um, but when we were in with the oncologist a few weeks ago, I asked if that scan comes back with no movement, are we in the clear? Because it could be calcium deposits. It could be scar tissue. It's not necessarily cancer, but we don't know because they don't biopsy it. They monitor it with ultrasounds and blood work. And the doctor was like, it may look totally fine in a month from now. It could still be cancer. So we don't know. So we're just in this horrible wait and see period where his window of doing chemo for that first removal surgery would be effective. Once we get past that two-month window post-surgery and it does come back, we're looking at three or four cycles of chemo. And the bads of that bad, horrible side effect of that is the particular ingredient they use for testicular chemo, once you get into three or four rounds of it, has very devastating long-term, not long-term, permanent effects on your heart and lung function. So that is obviously very scary. He is a very fit and healthy guy. And, um, you know, that would be devastating to his lifestyle. So, you know, we're just kind of in this wait and see period. He, like I said, he had this scan yesterday. There does not seem to be any growth on the tumor, or I don't want to say tumor, the lesion, whatever it is. It, that, so that's good. Um, the blood work has not come back yet. So we're going in on Friday to meet with the oncologist again, just to discuss um, what, you know, this has all just been like in the my chart results that came through. Um, we'll discuss like what they saw exactly in the ultrasound. And then when his blood work comes in, we'll see if like any of that hormone level has risen back up. So that is where we are now. We are just in this horrible, like, okay, well, let's see what fucking happens. Um, the downside of that chemo window closing for that removal side, there's a 20 to 40% chance of reoccurrence if you don't treat it with chemo after the removal surgery. So we're really just staring down some, I don't want to say horrible odds because John's like, hey, so let's, he goes, he his his attitude is like, well, you know, they said 20 to 40%. He's like, let's call it 30%. Hey, 70%, you're going to win the lottery? Guess what? I'm going to play the lottery. So that's how, he, true. that's how he's looking at it, which is good. You have to have a positive mindset when you're dealing with cancer. Um, after watching our dad, it definitely, we without a doubt know that it gained him several more years of life because oh, yeah. he had such a, I'm not quitting. I'm not this is not getting me attitude, positive outlook. Um, the doctors gave him three years when he first got diagnosed and he made it to seven. So you're, we really fully believe that how you approach it, your attitude, how you go at it really does make a big difference. So I'm glad that John is, you know, taking in my dad's footsteps yeah. in that way. Um, our dad used to say this thing, not a lot, but he started saying it when uh, we were in high school. Actually, he left um, 
he was a petroleum engineer and he left, you know, a secure job with two daughters who were getting ready to go to college to start his own company. And he started saying it back then, you got to get used to sleeping with the tiger. And then when he got diagnosed with cancer again, he was like, you got to get used to sleeping with Mm -hmm. the tiger, meaning that you're about to get your ass handed to you over and over and over again. It's not going to be pleasant. That tiger is going to rip you to shreds every time you get in bed. You just got to get used to it. Just get used to it. It's fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Tigers are fluffy. They're so cute. So that is what we're doing. We are just going to get used to living with the tiger or sleeping with the tiger. And that is what is going on. Um, I I don't plan on sharing too much as we go on Instagram about this. Um, you know, obviously you're always welcome to DM me and, you know, I can talk to you there. I bet I probably won't put it in stories very often. Um, you know, what could be uh, we would be done with this in a few weeks. It would just be done if he didn't have that other lesion. We are now looking at long-term impact on our, on our lives because we're looking at reoccurrence. We're dealing with that other side. We just don't know. It's just going to, there's just going to be so many unknowns until there's not. And that could, who knows, be to who knows how long. Um, so I don't have a good way to wrap this up. Um, I guess I just want to, you know, what you guys do see of me on Instagram is my personality. That is, I am just. What? (laughs) (laughs) And what you hear on this podcast, it's obviously not the full uh, scope of my personality, but it is a big part of me, like just silly and loud and funny and joking all the time and try not to take things too seriously. Um, I, I feel like I've in particular, since um, we lost our dad, really, really tried to focus on that a lot too, to just not lose that side of myself during those hard times while we were going through a bunch of other really challenging things in yeah. our family. Um, so what you see that is me. That is absolutely. I do not come on Instagram when I'm low. I I wait until I, the mood strikes and I'm in a good mood and I'm laughing and joking and because that is me. That is the truth. Um, but just you know, it's just another example of Instagram is not real life. Right. We all know this, but it's so hard to. You can so easily lose track of that when you're, you know seeing people's sales or seeing people's beautiful curated feeds. Um, you know, you probably never would have guessed that my life has been a fucking living nightmare since 2018. Um, but, you know, I have amazing people in my life. I have supportive people. I have friends. I mean, the amount of food people were dropping off and we had to not even tell that many people at the beginning, but it was just like every night dinner was getting brought to us when we were dealing with his recovery from the surgery and then just the shock of it. You know, obviously I have Lacey here who, um, you know, has taken the kids to her house to spend the night just so we could get, like, it is so hard to parent when your nervous system is just destroyed from repeated trauma. 
It is so hard to be patient. It is so hard to be present for them. And I feel like we've lost so much time with them the past four years, just, you know, just trying to keep ourselves going forward. (laughs) And so I'm so lucky, like the Brittany gods really (laughs) looked out for us when they got us into the same town because for over a decade, I lived in D.C. and she lived in L.A. So far away. And just for all this stuff that's been going on the past few years for us to be, you know, she was in Lynchburg for, you know, four years ago, which was an hour from here, but still close enough to be helpful with, you know, and to be with each other and support each other in person. And then, you know, obviously now in the same town where we're going through this is just, it's, I'm so fortunate in that way. And then I have Mariana, you know, she's like a sister to me. And then you know, it doesn't stop there. We have a huge community of just really awesome people here to take care of us and support us. Um, you know, the other fun part of this story is, <laughs> and I'm not going to go into the specifics of this either. Um, very out of the blue and unexpectedly, John lost his job in May. And he, you know, this is now end of August. He's still unemployed. And like, he's been going to job interviews, like, like two days before his surgery, he had to go to a job interview. Like uh, the week of his surgery, he told everybody, all these companies he's been interviewing with, he told them we were going camping without a cell phone signal because you can't tell a prospective employer, I have cancer because they don't want to hire somebody with cancer. Um. It's like trying to find a job when you're obviously pregnant and wants to hire you. (laughs) So, you know, that has been another added layer of stress. The fun part of that story also is the company that fired him back in May came back to him last week and they're like, um, hey, we made a a mistake. Would you consider, are you fucking kidding me? You have a stress you've just added to our life. So fucking ridiculous. Um. The good news is we are expecting uh, two job offers to come for him within the next few days. So bottom line is we are going to be okay. He is going to get another job. He's going to get it soon now. You know, we've been saying that all summer. Like he's going to get another job. Like he is the bread earner of this family, the breadwinner. And that's why you've seen him on Instagram a lot more lately because normally he's gone all the time. So he's never on Instagram. But he's been here nonstop since May. Please leave, sir. (laughs) (laughs) It is too much John time. <laughs> um, that's why you've been seeing him more because he's he's been home every day since May. Um, so that's obviously been another um, additional challenge that we've been having to deal with. But um, everything is going to be okay. He is going to be okay. The the like I said, um, it's a very treatable cancer. It's a very curable cancer. Um, he is going to get another job. But just trying to get to that point right now, like we are in the thick of it. But we're okay. Like, I mean, the first few weeks were obviously like, oh my God, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck, world? Why? <laughs> we cannot take another thing. Well, guess what? You're going to get two other big things and they're just going to cram down your throat. And we're going to suffocate you. Good luck. Yeah. Never say things can only get better from here. <laughs> Because <laughs> the world will open up beneath you and swallow you all. Yeah. But we are going to be okay. We are okay. Um, but it is it is hard. It is going to be hard what we have down the road. Um, but that's it. That is 
the thing. I've just been, um, I didn't want to make a rash decision and just like come on here quickly and share that. I really wanted to sit with it and think on it. Um, when you said that for some reason, what popped into my head is an image of you running into the room, the recording studio, like in hysterics. You guys, you guys, oh my God, everybody get on your podcast applications immediately. I have, I must tell you what's happening. Sorry. I didn't want it to be a, oh, poor me. I, I do not want that. That is not who I am and that's not what I want. Um, It really is to just... I made a whole other Instagram account that, you know, had a whole shit ton of followers where I took um, pain and hardship and trauma and turned it into a fundraising account. And I used my story to build that community and to raise tens and tens of thousands of dollars over the course of a year and a half. Um, no, I'm not trying to raise any money right now. I'm just saying <laughs> I want to take like this really hard experience and share it because I feel like that is where you're able to help people. You're able to uplift people. And when this all first started, I told Lacey and our girlfriend, our California girlfriend text chain, I'm like, I am absolutely becoming the darkest version of myself. I just can't believe this. And, you know, those were in the beginning days. And, you know, I am not becoming the darkest, darkest version of myself. I truly believed it in the moment that I sent that text, but I do not believe that now. Um, this is just another obstacle and it is just another opportunity for us to become the badasses that we are. And um, things will get better. You know, I hate to say that because that is not what the data of the last four years have shown me, um, but they will. It is going to get better. We are going to be fine. And uh, and in all the things that they don't know that were so horrible, there's also been some twists and turns in that that have been all, ha ha. <laughs> so, you know, you just throw up that big middle finger right back in life's face sometimes. So anyway, that is that. That is the thing. That's that's all. This is just going to be a little, uh, I don't want to say it's going to be a little bonus episode dropped into the feed this week because it's definitely not bonus material. No. <laughs> it's just a life update that I um, really felt called to share with you, listener. And uh, I love you and I mean it. And Thank you for being a part of the growth of our podcast and supporting me and Lacey just through the silliness of this silly show. And this is something that is going to be going on behind the scenes. And that's all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. It was a very special episode to share with the whole family. This week's very special episode. <laughs> if I could sing the Growing Pain song, if I remembered it, I would sing it. Sha-la-la-la. Show me that smile again. Don't waste another minute on your crying. All right, Whoa. stop. We're going to get real <laughs> Look <soon>. at us. <laughs> All right. I remember I had for breakfast this morning, but I can bust out the lyrics to Growing Pains. Yeah, those are core <laughs> memories. Those are the formative years of our life. Fuck. All right. All right. Well, that's it. We're out. Love you. We're done. It. Two sisters. Shit tons of trauma. Sisters. Oh, God. Drifter Sisters.